What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. I am Jason Goff, and it is a Therapy Thursday here on The Full Go. We are joined by our production staff, as always, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, Chief Vibes Officer Chris Sutton. Tony Gill is still on paternity leave taking care of that beautiful baby. And, fellas, we got ourselves a football game on Sunday between the Saints and the Bears. We've got ourselves some more unrest in Bulls land. But before we get to all that, you know, Every once in a while, my national homies, you know, guys and girls and everything in between will reach out to me and it's because of a story, right? And they'll say, hey, man, what's what's going on over there? What's happening? So you might have guessed it this week. I got a few calls from people around this great country of ours known as the USA saying, hey, golf, what's the deal? The running backs coach has been relieved of his duties and David Walker is his name. I wasn't very familiar with his past exploits, uh, but now I am. And seemingly there are some culture issues with the Chicago bears and Ryan Poles had to speak to it. And now this is the second time that Ryan Poles has had to speak to an in-season dismissal of a coaching staff member because of HR issues. And you might say to yourself, I thought Alan Williams was because of health and family. I thought those were the reasons they gave us when he had to go away so um, curiously uh, in the middle of this, at the beginning of the season. Damn, we already, damn, we already in the middle of the season. This thing has felt like it has been two years already worth of football. But when we heard about Alan Williams, all the things were flying around, right? We heard about, we heard the weirdest shit, right? We heard they came into Hallis Hall and raided Hallis Hall, took the computers. He was everything from Scarface to John Wayne Gacy. Like, they, they, everything was being thrown on that man. And then finally, the statement had to come out because the Bears were hemming and hawing, didn't say anything about it for a very long time, left everyone on the Internet to kind of surmise and assume what might be happening and, you know, fill in gaps of details, which is always a dangerous thing when we're talking about a person's reputation. But he came out and said it was time for me to take care of my health and my family. And 
in Ryan Pohl's addressing of the media, and shout out to Herb Howard of the Bigs, man. Shout out to the Bigs. Like, those dudes do outstanding work around this city. I love it every time Gene and Terrence are on. I love it every time Herb is on. Those dudes get my respect all the way. They are somebody... They are some bodies in this city that you should be listening to, that you should be consuming. Herb Howard pointed it out on the CHGO podcast, uh, their Bears podcast, that, you know, when Ryan Pohl spoke about this new situation with David Walker, the uh, the running backs coach, he mentioned that this was an issue of standards that weren't being adhered to. And nowhere in that, when he was lumping Alan Williams and David Walker's situation together, did he specify that there was a difference between health and family and whatever it was that David Walker was engaging with? Now, when I hear HR, I mean, let's let's keep it funky. Anybody who's ever worked in an office setting or anybody who's ever worked for any kind of corporation worth any kind of money, when you hear HR, the first thing you think of is, uh-oh, somebody is being untoward. Somebody's out here, you know, and I'm not saying this situation because I don't know the details of this situation, right? I'm just talking about, you know, in general, when I hear HR, I think, oh, somebody, you know, somebody can't keep their comments to themselves. Somebody can't keep their eyes to themselves. Somebody can't keep their hands to themselves. Something, something is going on where the workplace doesn't feel comfortable enough for fellow coworkers. And maybe that's, being talked to in an aggressive manner, you know, threatening man, whatever the case may be, but it's left up to a lot of interpretation. Some people don't have to do it. Some people do have to do it in terms of their job and speaking on these things. All I know is this is now the second embarrassment in in eight weeks into a football season that the Chicago Bears have had to endure. Now, that's just the second coaching embarrassment. You throw in the Chase Claypool stuff. You throw in the fact that Jalen Johnson asked for a trade the day of the trade deadline. You throw in, and on top of it, y'all, you know, we after we finished celebrating that the Bears got themselves what seems to be a, a bona fide pass rusher or at least, a, you know, a productive player out on the edge, it, it's unclear to me still how you make that deal without a deal already in place in terms of a contract extension for Montez Sweat. Because the first thing that Montez Sweat had to say to everybody was, hey, I'm here to assess the situation and weigh my options going forward. Just like his agent told him he should say, because ain't no way in hell you about to take short money right now, right? You're going to test the waters. You're going to go crazy for these last eight, seven games, whatever the case, nine games, whatever the case may be. And then you, you, you knock on that door and say, hey, here goes your 11 sacks. <laughs> Time for me to get paid out on the open market. So all those things are curious. And, and, and the more that Ryan Poles has to speak, it shows you how much Ryan Pace did not speak. The more Ryan Poles has to speak, it shows you the, the mess, apparently, that not only that he inherited, but now has contributed to. Like, if we're going to keep it funky, y'all, Someone had to hire Matt Eberflus, and if it was Bill Polian as the consultant who picked Matt Eberflus out of three candidates and said, hey, these are the guys that you get to choose from, or if the Bears presented Ryan Poles with that scenario of these are the guys you get to choose from, because let's face it, a general manager was hired, and then two days later, a head coach was hired. You'd think the process would take a little bit longer than that once you know you have a job and you're installing all the principles in terms of talent evaluation that you're trying to go over. So it's already, it already feels like a, um, the flow chart already feels a little bothered, right? And then you get into the situation in the season where you're talking about your, your foundational franchise quarterback in a way that, let's face it, I, I've never really thought that Ryan Poles was 100% behind Justin Fields. You get into a situation last year with the Roquan Smith interaction where, you know, you had your first game of chicken and the stare down with an all-pro player. He goes elsewhere. You put money into the linebacker position, and the Bears' defense hasn't been the same since Robert Quinn and, and Roquan Smith left, right? You also look at the fact that the moves that are being made now, Andrew Billings, 
Andrew Billings gets re-upped in the middle of a season where he's showing a locker room, if you play well, we will reward you. But at the same time, and I know it's not the same money, right? It's nowhere close to the same money that Jalen Johnson is asking for. But if I'm Jalen Johnson, there's a reason why he asked for a trade on trade deadline day when a new guy was being brought into the team that they're eventually going to have to spend money on. And when Ryan Pohl spoke about it, he said that, hey, we want to keep Jalen Johnson, but you know, it's, if we can't, we hope to replace a guy like that. It's essentially what he said. We hope to, we hope in the draft that we be able to scout out and replace a guy like that. So this entire season, everything that you thought it was going to be as a Bears fan, I thought this was going to be a seven, eight win season, right? And no matter how you were going to get to it, it's going to be through injuries. It was going to be through some tumultuous times. It was going to be adversity like there is through any NFL season. And especially with a roster that had to be overturned in the manner that this one had to be overturned. But I'd be goddamned if I thought that this was going to happen the first eight weeks of the season where we have anointed the great Tyson Bajan as being the next, you know, the next superstar at the quarterback position you, you've got two coaches one on the defensive side one on the offensive side and most importantly a defensive coordinator who is no longer with the team due to uh hr issues right you've got a running backs coach now i mean roshan johnson and deontay foreman walk into their meeting room and now they're being coached by the assistant wide receivers coach slash quarterbacks coach right so for this season to go as weirdly and as awry as it has, somebody's got to answer for this. Somebody has to, whether it be the person who is hiring the coaches or the person who hired the coach who is hiring the coaches. And and just coming to a podium and saying, hey, you know, you know, I, I, he, he pretty much had to take some bullets for Matt Eberflus and saying that he's he's been striding, he's been steadfast, uh, he's 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 made sure that everything outside the room and every all the loud noises that are happening haven't infiltrated the team, but but they have, but they have. You've got players who are asked questions about moving pieces in their coaching staff on a week to week basis. You've got a team who. You know, your quarterback came out and said what he had to say and then had to have himself march back out an hour later to, t- to retract and then blame things on the media. So for all the culture and all the things that we thought would be laid down in this foundational portion of the Ryan Pohl, Chicago Bears, Kevin Warren era, it has been nothing but comical. To be honest with you, and in some ways, if we find out some of these details, I'm sure not so comical. This has been this has been a debacle. <laughs> this this is a, it's been no nothing short of an embarrassment, not just nationally, but you, you're sitting here asking yourself, what the hell is going on at Hallis Hall? Like, what's truly happening at Hallis Hall that not only is the football suffering, but the people who you have been um who, who you have appointed and invested in setting the tone for the employees underneath them, those are the people that you have to get rid of as well. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 money line bet wins. The Casual Betting Brothers have a three-team parlay for you. Yeah, Saints-Bears happening Sunday. Saints are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite like the Saints. Don't like the Bears. Don't like the Bears' offense. Don't like where the Bears are right now. Don't like how they feel. Running backs coach get fired during the middle of the week. It's all a calamity at Hallis Hall right now, seemingly. And then you got Seahawks-Ravens. Sneaky good football game. Seahawks are five and two right now. Sitting atop the NFC West. Who would have called that, right? Huh? Geno Smith. You know, they wrote him off and he didn't write back or something corny to that nature uh you got geno smith you got lamar jackson i like the ravens minus five and a half in this one and then the showcase game of the week Bengals, bills no it's not eagles cowboys knock it off y'all Bengals, bills showcase game of the week i like joe burrow jamar chase and joe mixon we talk a lot about non-quarterback mvps the last few weeks a lot of aj brown conversation of course a lot of tyreek hill conversation i'm telling y'all right now if joe mixon was not on that team that thing would not look the way it's looked 
so far this season, especially the way Joe Burrow was hurt and was playing early on in the season. I like the Bengals minus one and a half at home. So once again, three-team parlay from the casual betting brothers here on the full go. Eight and a half for the Saints, minus five and a half for the Ravens, and minus one and a half for the Bengals. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. You got the live same-game parlays, the SGPs, as the kids call them. Find bets in the new Explore tab, huh? And you could dive into the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-G-O, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. I don't know how Matt Eberflux makes it through this season. I don't know, not through the season, but after this season, because we know the Bears don't fire head coaches during the middle of the season. We know they they fired running backs coaches and they fired defensive coordinators, but we know they don't fire head coaches during the middle of the season. I, I there's no way Matt Eberflux can return. We I think that's set in stone. If we were doing our FanDuel Sportsbook odds on Luke Getzey, Justin Fields, and Matt Eberflus, there'd be some uh, some pretty interesting numbers in terms of who is the most likely to not be here. And I think Matt Eberflus is leading far and away. I think he's minus 110. Like, that, I think that's a dude you can get, you know, you're not going to get much value out of that pick. But then when we get to Getzey, then when we get to Justin Fields, of course, we've had this conversation with Alex Brown here on this podcast. And he thinks if you keep one, you can't keep the other. Well, hell, it's looking like both of them right now. This thing is broken. And in a way that I didn't expect it to still be broken. And I think that's where the disappointment comes in. Is that Ryan Poles is a dude who I was going to root for and still may root for going forward, right? Because he's a general manager of my favorite team, right? I'm a Bears fan. Like that's that's the other thing that doesn't get lost. And when I get behind this microphone, when I get a chance to talk to people professionally around this country about this team, I'm still a Bears fan. This shit still sucks. It still doesn't feel good to not know which direction this team is going in, even though you know they have the cap space. You know they might have two top four, top five picks. All the mock drafts are starting to rain down now. Are they going to get you know Olu Fashanu or are they going to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? Are they going to get K? Caleb Williams, my man, Double A, Adam Amin was on a podcast. I forget which one. I think it was on. I was I was on NBC Sports, uh, NBC Chicago, NBC Sports Chicago uh, podcast. They're, they're under the center podcast. He was in there talking about how Caleb Williams is a must draft player. Hey, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I, I agree, but we're already into this portion of the season where we don't know not only what to expect, but who's going to be coaching the team. And if we don't know, just think what's happening up at Hallis Hall with some of these players who you got a lot of young players in every one of these meeting rooms, and they're they're pretty much being taught the business of the NFL in a way that you don't want them to be introduced to. And then on top of it, you got the injury issues, right? You know, Darnell Wright still running around out there with the shoulder injury, uh, acquitting himself nicely over these last few weeks, especially. But he's running around with a shoulder injury still. You got Braxton Jones, who've come off of the IR with that neck injury, still getting up to speed. Eddie Jackson seemingly is going to be a participant in Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr, which is necessary, especially with that wide receiver core that they got and Michael Thomas and, and, and Chris Olave and them boys. Like, you know, Derek Carr, is, I, that offense hasn't, it hasn't performed to the level I'm sure that Saints fans would like, but there's still some dudes, right? Like we watched that Chargers defense who gave up, you know, a ridiculous amount of yards and points over the first six, seven weeks of the season. Guess who came to play still though? Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Joey Bosa. Like there's still stars on that side of the football. Uh, I think the Bears going to have the similar issues, especially in the Superdome. 
that's a tough place to play no matter what the saints are whether they're good they're bad they're indifferent that's a hard place to play and that has been a house of horrors you know i know we in halloween and i said horrors by the way i don't i don't want anybody to get that misconstrued as if i'm talking about the new orleans ladies you know I'm, i would not disparage y'all like that house of horrors horrors okay let's let's make sure that we enunciate uh the superdome has been that i um I've covered two games out of town. One was the London Oasis game, uh, Bears Raiders. And the other one is the Bears Saints game where the Bounty Gate game happened, where it was nine, eight sacks for Jay Cutler. Uh, He got kicked in the chest. Like it was one of the more gruesome games I have ever seen in terms of just physical violence that that a quarterback and an offense uh, had inflicted upon it. Also, one of the best pregames I've ever been around, boy. They they started that thing at 930 at the Superdome. They had Jeezy playing. They had Etouffee. They had everything popping, boy. I was I Lawrence, I actually showed up there, and this is when Lawrence Holmes was covering the Bears as, as, a, as a beat reporter for the score. I actually showed up there and never it didn't tell anybody I was coming. I just got a credential or whatever and pulled up. I had to stay in Metairie, you know, underneath the uh, you know, underneath the highway ramp, which is, you know, definitely um, you know, the spot, I guess. It was the accommodation were a little bit different back in the day for the kid right i was just i was just trying to get some tape just trying to make myself be seen and known and i pull up and lawrence is, is up there on media on press row he's like hey what are you doing here? i'm like I'm, I'm here to cover a game next thing you know you got jeezy blaring in the background you feel like it's about to be an event and the bears went out there and got their ass kicked and i don't think this week is going to be any different by the way i think tyson bajan is a tyson <laughs> oh, 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 Tyler Bajant, Tyler Bajant. You know why I did that? Because I was listening to Bo's podcast this week and he said Tyson and I, you know, it doesn't matter. No need for me to blame it on anybody else. Tyler Bajant. I think he's going to have some issues. I feel, I feel like everybody's doing that though. I've, I've been here, we need to get his name right. calling him that. No, we, week, need, we, need, I need, I, I, we need to get his name right. I, that, that is, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I caught a lot of backlash. Shout out to the local angle and FanDuel TV for uh, illuminating what this podcast is for certain people with the breakout clip. Boy, boy, boy. I'm still fighting with people on that on that uh, Instagram page. Still. You know, y'all, y'all fucking with the right one. Huh? You poke the bear and then you find out the bear like to dance a little bit. You know, dudes out there talking to, yeah, this is for the dude who was on there talking about, you know, rooting for the other team and everybody has to bring up Justin Fields every single time they talk about Beijing now. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear it because the fictional yards that y'all add to his total the same way AB did on Tuesday. You know, hey man, if this guy would have wouldn't have fell down, he'd have had a touchdown. Hey man, if Darnell Mooney would have caught that ball, it wouldn't have been interceptor. Well, if an if was a fifth, we'd all be goddamn drunk. Okay, none of that shit was being. Uh, uh, you know, placed at the feet of one Justin Fields for the first six games of the season. We wasn't sitting there like, oh, well, you know, if, if this shitty-ass offensive coordinator knew how to call a player to, you know, maybe his numbers would look different. And then you look at Justin's numbers, it's like 11 touchdowns, six interceptions. I guess I'll take that. I guess I'll take that, but I digress. Hey, screw all of y'all on that Instagram page. I'm tired of going back and forth with y'all, but if you continue, your boy is here for it, goddammit. You know, during the day, I'm not very busy, so uh, I'll give you what you need, give you what you want. But I think this is going to be more of the same. You know, this game is, I think, going to come down to Bajan and DJ Moore and Cole Komet against that secondary. Marshawn Lattimore is one of the handsier uh, cornerbacks in all of professional football. I remember his first couple of years, boy, you thought like he was making plays at a, a Hall of Fame type level his first two or three years in the league. And then people started to catch up with his game a little bit, double move him a little bit. You know, he's susceptible to a couple of PIs here and there, but he's he's back at the top of his game. And then they got the timeless veteran, right? I mean, Tyron Matthew, you talk about a career that uh, from the moment you saw him, you knew Tyron Matthew was going to be a baller. And then you heard all the other stuff and you, you you know you found out about his background i'll never forget sitting down at the uh, super bowl in phoenix about what three no longer than that yeah about five six years ago whatever whatever one was in glendale uh the year warren sat got in trouble at the hotel bar that's that's the one i remember because tyron matthew was walking around i was working for bleacher report at the time 
And Tyron Matthew, I was with Matt Miller, who is now at ESPN, and Matt Bowen, who is now at ESPN. We were doing our show, and we're on a stage, y'all, with uh, Stephen A. Smith on one side and Jamie Foxx's show on the right side. So we're, this is when I was at SiriusXM. So it's a huge build-out. So imagine, like, the people who are being ushered up to talk to both of those superstar-caliber talents, and they're bookending our show. So we got to talk to everybody that came through. And by the way, sitting to the left... I'm sorry, yeah, sitting to the right of Stephen A. Smith and sitting to the left of Jamie Foxx, our microphones picked up everything. So pretty much for the entire show, you heard Stephen A. Smith laughing or yelling at somebody, and Jamie Foxx doing great impersonations and telling ridiculously funny jokes like halfway through both of those shows i was sitting there like y'all can y'all can host this on y'all own i want to i want to actually take a listen to what these boys talking about but tyron matthew came over and matt miller who was a huge tyron matthew fan and and proponent of when everybody was questioning you know uh, did he have a substance abuse problem Uh, is he is he a guy that was going to get in trouble when he got into the league he sat down and he told him man i believed you and Tyron Matthew remembered it and it was one of those heartfelt moments that you could tell like the introspection that that young man had gone through up until that point it's already six years into his career and he remember who believed him and I said to myself like that dude has been a baller since the moment we saw him he was in Heisman contention as, as, a, as a freshman or sophomore at LSU wearing that number seven that only the greats wear like you knew the honey badger was a difference maker then he goes to Kansas City wins himself a title like he's been all around the place and he's still a decent enough player so if Bajan and DJ Moore and Cole Komet can get the best of him and Marcus May back there and Marshawn Lattimore it's going to be a tough task but I think that's where the game is going to be won and lost if if those dudes get their hands on footballs they're not going to miss out on those opportunities you're talking about real ball hawks in that secondary so the run game is going to have to be crucial they can't get down obviously you get down 14 to nothing against this team they've got enough pass rushers uh that you know that and especially you'll hear from Catherine Terrell who covers uh the New Orleans Saints for ESPN you'll hear what she has to say about this but they got enough pass rushers hell Cam Jordan is still productive enough and they got some dudes who are heat seeking missiles in that linebacking core and demario davis and of course pete werner so i I don't know why the the saints aren't better but i think this is going to be one of those games like we saw against the Chargers on sunday night where you're going to find out that the bears aren't close to this team in talent right and we'll see if Montez Sweat, you know, gets a little bit of run, right? You get a midweek trade, you know, conditioning and, and getting acclimated. Now, hell, on his introduction to the Bears at Hallis Hall, where they were running around with the Instagram, uh, social media people, the first thing he says to to one of the coaches as he walks in is, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to all this slowing down. Right. So you got to imagine that dude's head is swimming right now. He's thinking about, you know, being on this team as opposed to the commanders where he was drafted and playing next to, you know, all first round picks on that defensive line. Now he goes from that. Right. He goes from the hunter on defense to being the hunted. Like Dennis Allen and the New Orleans Saints are going to figure out if he's playing, he, they're going to figure out what Montez Sweat is because, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, let's face it, so far this season hasn't really been a difference maker. He has, he's been bad, to be honest with you. Justin Jones, not really a difference maker. Andrew Billings has been the guy who has played the best out of the guys who have gotten time in that rotation, including the young players, and that's why he's been rewarded with his deal. Demarcus Walker, three-year, $21 million deal, has not really gotten to the passer. Nobody on this Bears defensive line has gotten to the passer. So I'm looking forward to seeing Montez Sweat the week after this one, right, where he's got himself a full go of it, you know, no pun intended. Right. But he's got himself he's, he got himself acclimated to the Bears thing and he, and he can go out there and be himself. You're not sitting here looking for a new place. You're not looking for, you know, a place to get your hair cut, like all these things that go into it that I don't think people take into account to be ready to do your job. So I'm not I'm not going to hold this week if he does get some run. I'm not going to hold this week to Montez Sweat, but I'm looking forward to seeing how this defensive line performs with him and who's going to now win some of these single up matchups that they've already been getting because you know Montez Sweat is going to be double team. But for this week, 
I got the Saints, man. I think the Saints are going to run roughshod over this Bears team. Uh, you know, Derek Carr is a good enough quarterback. Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, who I love as a football player, are good enough wide receivers. Alvin Kamara is still one of the better uh, running back talents that we don't talk enough about because he he boomed really early, and I guess we got used to it, right? And, of course, he got hurt over the last couple of years. He's had his off-field trouble. But, you know, you talk about pure talent out of the backfield. There, there ain't more than five or six guys guys that are better than Alvin Kamara. Now, healthy or not, but they're, they're not a lot of dudes who could do the things he could do. This dude could line up at the slot. He can line up at wide out. He could block. He could run the football in between the tackles. He's uh he he's the the new age running back. You know, we talk a lot about Christian McCaffrey, but you put some of those numbers side by side, I think you'd be shocked at how productive uh, Alvin has been after we kind of taken the spotlight off of him over the last couple of years. So, I think the Bears are in trouble. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those games that we remember in terms of Superdome horrors. Like I said, horrors, you know. Don't want no issues out here with my good folks in New Orleans. Like, you've never really met a punk from New Orleans. Like, you've never really met somebody who couldn't, you know, handle themselves from New Orleans. So I don't want no issues. I don't want no So issues. true. Yeah. So no, true, New Orleans man. is different. Those, those boys in the bayou, yeah, they're, they're different. They're they, different. They, they, know, they quiet for they a reason. Different. Yeah, they quiet for a reason. You want to, you know, you want you want to talk about, you know, where you from and your hood and all that? Yeah. Mess around and, and, and get out of New Orleans board the wrong way and see what happened to you. It'd be quiet, too. You'd be hurting, but it'd be quiet. So this New Orleans thing scares me a little bit. I had a little bit more pep in my step into the head of this to the Chargers game because I thought that defense was ass. This defense is actually good. So so we'll see. The, the defense that was ass, you know, forced, what, two or three turnovers, got to the quarterback and made uh, Bajan look like, uh, you know, a, a rookie quarterback, you know, getting his feet wet for the first time. I think this will be more of the same. I'll be interested to see how the running back carries and touches are deployed because uh, I think this is going to have to be a Roshan Johnson game as well as a uh, Deontay Foreman game, right? Like, I love how tough Foreman runs, but you're going to, you know, I think that's what's going to have to be addressed in this draft coming up too. They They need a home run hitter. They need a home run hitter in the backfield, somebody that could get loose and not have to churn out six and seven yards and five yards and then lose two and in game one. They need somebody who could take it to the crib in that backfield. Uh, I want to know if Roshan Johnson is that guy. So hopefully this is the game that we find out with more touches out of the concussion protocol. You know, and speaking of Jaquan Brisker, you know, I thought it was an illness. He's in a concussion protocol. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. This, this is the point in the season where the injuries start to mount. And for a bad team, that's uh, that's no bueno. So uh, I, I'm not feeling good about this uh, New Orleans visit. And uh, hopefully uh, Catherine Terrell will uh, make me feel a little bit better as we get set to talk to her. I don't think that'll be the case, though. I think uh, I think the conversation with Catherine will be more of the same, which will lead to Bears tears. But, hey, man, at least uh, – at least HR ain't knocking on my door, huh? At least I got that going for me, huh? Huh? What what the hell's going on, man? This sucks. No FBI. Yeah. No FBI. No FBI, FBI right? No. Okay, nobody's okay, raiding okay. the crib. No. Nobody's taking all the man. They take the computers. I'm in trouble. And it's not because I'm doing anything wild. It's just, you know, <laughs> some of them searches they get a little they get a little crazy. You feel me? You know, you get a little get a little alone time. Set up a little afternoon for yourself. You know, your lady gonna be gone for a little while. You know, light a candle. You know, and put the good sheets on the bed. You know. <laughs> Look at yourself and say, scream if you want. Nobody's going to hear you. <laughs> All right. This is the time where I wrap up this segment. It's become uncomfortable for some. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you yeah, so much, uh, no especially during this during this riveting uh, Thursday night football matchup that I'm sure everybody <laughs> wants to watch right now. Will hey, Levis wearing T.J. Watt. Yeah, there you go. Better than the well, Saints the other night. <laughs> oh my God! See, look at you. Lowered expectations. You sound like a Bears fan already. This yeah, is exactly. You're gonna, fit, you're gonna fit right in here on the Full Go Podcast. Oh my Lord! Catherine Terrell joining us here on the Full Go Podcast. Uh, brought to you by the Ring. Of course, Spotify is the gang. I'm Jason Goff. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? Pleasure to meet you, Catherine. Uh, she covers the Saints for ESPN like a blanket. Catherine, I looking at this roster, and you know. 
the bear the superdome has been a house of horrors for the bears like the last <laughs> two or three times they've been there it's been horrible i've covered a couple of those games i was there for the jay cutler bounty gate kick you in the chest sack you 15 times game uh low those many years ago now looking back on it uh but this 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 saint squad they're in that interesting mix of like how good is the NFL, which I think a lot of questions have to be asked this year about like who are the really good teams, are there exceptional teams, and who's the middle class? And and the Saints kind of feel like they fall in that middle class. But when you look at some of these names, especially uh, on the offensive side of the football, you think to yourself, all right, you know Chris Olave, who I've been a fan of since his freshman year at Ohio State playing special teams when I was working at Big Ten Radio, and you know Michael Thomas is is looking like he's a go for this game, and of course. Derek Carr why isn't this team better right now I mean that's hard to explain I wrote a story you know going into the season about how good this offense could be if they reach their full potential and they get to the season and all of a sudden it's like they forgot how to play offense so <laughs> it's been a lot of ups and downs um you know I talked to Chris Olave the other day and he said he was in a slump um, you know, it's interesting. I thought his numbers were better than they were. And then I realized he'd only scored one touchdown, which kind of shows you how the NFL, um, you, you get so into the week to week, you forget what happened. Cause you know, I wrote mm-hmm. about that three weeks ago, him scoring his first touchdown. So, I mean, I really think that they had to get in sync. Uh, one of their big problems was that their offensive line had a lot of injuries and illnesses and, and everything. So they had to figure that out. And then I think that Derek Carr and the receivers had to get on the same page and they're working towards that. But now it's a matter of, okay, do they take advantage of a bad Colts defense uh, or are they actually moving forward? And I guess they'll, they'll show that this weekend one way or the other. I guess they get that Miami look that is like fashionable now where it's like, oh, you've only beaten teams that are bad. And then you look <laughs> around, like I just mentioned in the NFL, like right. eh, it's about it 17, good. 18 of them. Exactly. So, so the, the competition with standing, you mentioned Derek Carr. Uh, how has that transition been? Because let's face it, when you take it over for someone as uh, amazing as Drew Brees over the years, you know, it's kind of hard to replace that guy, but we're, we're now in that third or fourth replacement of a Drew Brees legacy. Uh, how is he taken to New Orleans and how is he played? I think that there's been kind of an adjustment period. You know, I think when he first came, everyone was so happy and um, all the receivers were thrilled. And, and it always goes that way. You know, training camp, everyone's happy. They haven't played a game yet. Um, and then, you right. know, a reality kind of kind of hit in or hit to them a little bit in that, okay, hey, all the talk about us being on the same page and having that chemistry. Well, it's a little bit tougher when you get to a game. Um, but you know, there's been sparks throughout, you know, they had that great game against new England. Um, they started playing better against the Texans. They just couldn't score in the red zone for whatever reason, you know, you would watch them get down to the one yard line and have no confidence they could score. And I think they started changing that last week, but it was kind of maddening to watch. So yeah, it's been an adjustment period. Um, but you know, I think the Saints are hopeful that it's kind of, uh, I guess, downhill from here. Would it be downhill or uphill? <laughs> I think downhill, but I don't know. Well, you know, the Bears are homecoming. So <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it'll, it'll probably be downhill from here after we see what Tyson Bajan and the boys have on offense, especially against this defense. Uh, got a chance to talk to Cam Jordan at the Super Bowl uh, the year before last. And, you know, a delightful fellow, you know, one of the, one of the better personalities. <laughs> yeah, he's great. And, huh? Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He was awesome the entire time. He was, he, was, he was selling products without even knowing he was selling products. That's how good. And I can't wait to see his future after football. How much does he have left in the tank? And what, what about this defense has got them atop of the league in terms of pass defense efficiency and third down percentage? Like, what, why is this defense playing? so well well i think cam wants to retire a saint and you know he's even gonna admit that's probably two years um i think he's got two years left in him so i'd expect him to come back next season but you know when you look at the saints defense the real um i guess backbone of the defense is the cornerbacks or the secondary you know marshawn Lattimore is playing great i think paulson adivo he's had his ups and downs mostly with penalties and things like that um but i think he's a very good compliment to Lattimore. Alante Taylor has played very well. And then you got Tyron Matthew and they have this rookie Jordan Howden that I think has a ton of potential. So when you look at them, I think that their cornerbacks and defensive backs have for the most part played really well. I mean, their strength 
was their run defense. I'm not going to say that's not, they just, they struggled last week a little bit with that, but for years, I mean, they didn't have a hundred yard rusher for a long time. So, you know, that used to be their strength, but I think it's kind of shifting a little bit. Any surprise that no deadline deals were made? I know Hunter Renfro was being bandied about and some other names, but any surprise that they didn't move on uh, on any of the, the available players out there? Not really, only because if you've looked at the same cap situation, they had to restructure every <laughs> single contract. So there's no I, one to move. <laughs> Catherine, I wasn't... So shout out to The Ringer, uh, because there was a piece put out, the, the all-index, where they listed 32 teams, their draft capital, their, mm-hmm. their, their, their pro personnel, and you know how all-in they are on the season. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and I see the fact that the, the Saints have used the restructuring tool uh, in terms of uh, you know just getting those contracts, deferring payments, and having a bigger cap casualty if you decide to cut one of those players. Th- there was a chart that I saw where the rest of the NFL is like over here, and the Saints are all the way down the graph. Oh, yeah. Like They are the only team that does it the way they do. Like It, it reminds me, when I was a kid and the 49ers were, were really good it, all we heard about was how you know eddie, eddie d bartolo jr and how everybody was just ruining the 49ers cap space and come to find out they would have to sell the team because there was a lot more going on besides cap space stuff there but like at what point are the saints organization prepared to pay the piper for everything they just been kicking a can down the road and at some point the end i mean wh- when do you pay for this well, I think it was supposed to be this year, but then they went out and got a hundred million dollar quarterback. So, um, I mean, Never. next year is going to be yeah. I don't. Next year is going to be rough. Uh, I think if they can squeeze another year out of Cam Jordan, that might lessen that hit a little bit um, because I think it's enormous. Um, I think it's his salary cap hit if he were to retire, be cut would be pretty significant next year. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I write this piece every year, and it's like basically how the Saints can save $100 million, and they do this every year. It is uh, fascinating, and I hate math, and somehow I cover the one team where now I have to do math every single offseason. I mean, it's kind of fun, but, um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> next year, yeah, next year will be interesting. I haven't looked at the numbers. I think right now they're $50 million over. If that's the case, uh, that's nothing for them, but um, – yeah, I mean, they're going to keep Derek Carr around. So his num- his cap number will go up and they'll try to they'll try to like redo that. And so basically what it does is it prevents you from cutting some of these players until right. past the time you probably wanted to cut them. I mean, there are downsides, but it makes it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the Chicago White Sox philosophy is going on down there <laughs> in New Orleans where you just sign the people and you hope that when they're old, you don't hate them as much because exactly. you know damn sure they're not going to be able to play. Uh, yeah. Alvin Kamara, you know, I, I saw this interesting stat well, followed by like a meme, which is unfortunately the way that uh, we digest a lot of our sports, you know, these days. I read, actually, Catherine, I read. I don't I'm just read headlines. You, I'm glad I, I read. I read the body Thank of you. the stories. Okay, I am one of those hey, folks out there. Read the stories. You know, Please. journalists need you to read the stories. Um, the Alvin Kamara thing. From from superstar player to a guy we kind of forget about, and you know, there's been injury, been some off the field stuff as well the last few years. But there was a Christian McCaffrey Jr. and Alvin Kamara, like player A, player B, you know, hidden thing where it's like this player is similar to this player, and we've talked about CMC, especially since he's joined San Francisco, he scored a damn touchdown every single game he's been playing with them. But the numbers side by side for the amount of touches over the last three years are kind of like identical, and you know, Alvin Kamara, man, he. He's been an enigma since college, right? Like you you got Mm -hmm. the Alabama Alvin Kamara, then he goes to Tennessee, and then all of a sudden he gets dropped on the NFL, and he's he's looking like, you know, the new generation Marshall Falk out here. And then the wear and tear of the NFL grind starts to take his toll on him. Where is he at right now in his career? And in terms of his productivity, you know, what, what should Bears fans expect on Sunday in terms of his workload? Yeah, I did see that meme, actually. Um, I did not know that. I found it very interesting. Someone said it to me. Um, I think they have a 10-game difference because I, I thought right. it was I thought it was more because of injuries and stuff, but um, I was wrong. Um, you know, Kamara is an interesting one because 
the Saints haven't had much of a run game this year. It's been one of the areas they've struggled in. You know, first, him not being there, Jamal Williams getting hurt. I mean, everyone getting hurt. Uh, so where he's really been used and where he's always been great is in the passing game. I think the other week he had 14 targets. Uh, I, I'm, I've already forgotten how many targets he had in the Colts game because they kind of spread the ball around. But I think uh, the Jaguars game, he had a significant amount of targets. So they're going to target him early and often, I think. Um, so, I mean, that's what you really got to watch out for with him. I mean, if they could get their run game going too, you know, that would be a bonus. But, you know, Kamara is just like, uh, lethal with some of those uh, routes he can run. I mean, if, if you watched uh, him score a touchdown the other day, it was kind of people were kind of saying, "Man, we finally, we finally saw this," and he was excited about it um, when he ran that Texas route. But you know, that, that's the bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who are the players that Bears fans maybe aren't uh, privy to or exposed to because we're out of town, stupid. And <laughs> we'll, and we'll make a few plays because this has happened every single week and every single guest has hit the, the, the player right on the head that bears fans are like, Oh, that's Jonathan Cooper running 65 yards the other way with a strip sack fumble in, in the Denver game. Like who, who are the people that we will be introduced yeah. to on Sunday that we're like, damn, I, I'm glad, uh, I didn't know about you up until this moment. Oh, <laughs> uh, on defense, probably Carl Grant. Anderson. I think he's really up and coming as a pass rusher. He could definitely be a guy I could see having um, a strip sack fumble, but um, we'll see. You know, I think that he's a pretty underrated name. They just re-signed him or signed him to a uh, contract extension, uh, probably because they didn't want to have to wait till after the season. Uh, offensively, I don't really think you could say Rashid Shahid is under the radar anymore after last mm-hmm. week. Uh, for the people that had the Colts game on TV, I don't actually know how big of an audience that had. Uh, but three catches, 153 yards. Uh, yeah, he's a guy you have to watch out for. Um, Taysom Hill had a big game as well. But, you know, I think um, the one person who hasn't really broke out yet for this season is Jamal Williams after, you know, leading mm. the NFL in touchdowns last year. So, so maybe that's the guy. Maybe I should maybe. start him in fantasy, him or Jawan Johnson, because he's been hurt. Uh. I don't think this is a bad week to uh, start anyone in fantasy. Although the Bears defense has been playing, you know, better as of late. The last couple of two out of the last three games, they 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 fared a little bit better. But that charges anytime the Bears are on prime time, we can expect a stinker. So you know, we 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 just become used to that, Catherine. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. I appreciate your time. We'll see what happens on Sunday, and we'll continue to read your content on ESPN. Well, thanks for having me on. The full goal with Jason Goff. It's a lot, lot happening. Busy. A lot happening. A lot happening. Uh-huh. Y'all, y'all, y'all already know. I we we call in the big guns when it's time to get hard hitting journalistic oh, integrity. And right now, <laughs> if any conference needed it, they, they got it with our guy Adam Rittenberg, who covers the Big Ten in college football for ESPN. This is a dude whose content and whose person I have uh, been a fan of for quite some time now. Ar, so good to see you. So good to talk to you, man. Let's. Let's get right to it. Uh, Sign stealing, huh? This is something that, you know, there are stories and, and, you know, you can't admit to this because you have to cover everything. But there are certain stories where I'm like, you know what? This one will pass without me having to dance with it. You know, everyone is a firing here or there or something happens where somebody gets suspended. But this side stealing story had more legs than I ever in. Because when you hear side stealing in football, you're like, all right, somebody's got a, a, a you know, a, a, a cardboard cutout of Trey Wingo. And then another guy has, you know, a, a cutout of, 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 of Jay Billis and they're holding it up. And, you know, how much side stealing could you actually get away with? And then you get a chance to delve deeper into the story you got dudes taking flights getting on the opposing team's sideline infiltrating the central michigan chippewas bench getting hats paying people to go steals like what the hell is going on with the university of michigan and what happened on that call today brother yeah it's it's crazy just the layers of it like you said uh because you know signal stealing has gone on in games for a really long time but I think the extent to which this operation uh, allegedly occurred at Michigan is, is blowing everybody away as far as the number of people that were involved, the coordination, uh, the, the brazenness of, of uh, you know, possibly Connor Stallions or whoever that was standing on the sideline with a coaching outfit on, uh, you know, looking at Michigan State's sideline. 
from Central Michigan sideline. Now that hasn't been confirmed yet, but um, it certainly is is looking like that. Um, you know, the Big Ten ads had a call today. Uh, they had a call last week that Ward Manuel, who's the Michigan AD, um, uh, was speaking on, and I think received a lot of sympathy from his colleagues, but. There was also some heated things said last week. Now, this uh, this call, uh, Ward Manuel was not on it. Um, I heard it was, you know, still pretty cordial. But there's a feeling in the league that Commissioner Tony Petiti realizes how upset people are, how serious this is, um, and uh, you know, he's still saying, "Listen, it's a it's an ongoing investigation. I'm only going to operate off of the facts that I get." But it is um, it, it's something that isn't going away because people are really upset. You know, people who have played Michigan. People who will play Michigan, you really feel like the integrity of the game is compromised by you know something that has gone in their eyes over the top. I mean, I spoke to somebody in the league tonight um, who you know who basically said, "Listen, it's not advanced scouting; it's straight up espionage. Like this is a different level of gamesmanship that really touches the chord with a lot of people." So my question would be, why the need to, and how often, and when did it happen, right? And these are all things that will come out in the investigation, but we've seen the Michigan defensive numbers over the last couple of years, and, you know, this year, and, and it, you, you ask yourself, is it a product of Big Ten offenses not being able to generate a lot of points? Is it a product of them getting different athletes and recruiting on a different side of the ball and, and having an emphasis on the defensive side? Like, what, what can Michigan, or what do you think Michigan will point to to kind of counterbalance or counterpoint some of these arguments that are being made if just by looking at the sheer numbers and the improvement of this defense right well i mean they, they have been good defensively for for quite some time right. but I, I think the question is you know are they going to say that this was a a lone actor who was uh who was really doing things in a in a, in a corner office I'm thinking of like Milton from Office Space. Like, is this dude Milton? Like, are they gonna? Are they gonna? You know, and then you come for his stapler. And he's gonna burn the whole thing down. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I mean, you know, I, I, my sense is 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 that that's what they're gonna do is to say, listen, we didn't know what he was doing. Mm. Um, uh, we 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 knew the outcome. We knew what he was telling us on game day, but we didn't know how he uh, had done it, and we didn't know the extent to which he had gone to to um uh to collect uh, signals and to scout at other other stadiums or in some cases on on other sidelines so that's my sense of what they're going to say uh and again um your early indications are there are there isn't a direct link to jim harbaugh but listen they're on the same sideline and people are seeing the interactions, yeah. especially with the coordinators. You know, Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator in particular. I mean, I, I had one coach in the league say, I've lost all respect for that guy because of this. And this is a guy who was, um, you know, was a finalist for the Broyles Award, which is the, the nation's top assistant coach. And listen, I'm not making those judgments. I think Jesse's a really good coach. But you see a lot of interaction with him and Connor Stallions during games. And, you know, so that's that's notable because of who's at the center of this investigation. So it is a um, very interesting story that has captured a lot of people. I mean, I, I, one of my editors, I give him credit. He, he said this, and I, I really liked it. He said it's kind of a victimless crime because it wasn't like somebody – you know, uh, it, you know, obviously it affected games potentially, but it's not something like 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 some of the aw really awful scandals we've seen in college football and other sports. But it's something that really does affect you know how coaches look at the game, how coaches look at Michigan, and how this season could unfold with Michigan very much in the conversation for the CFP and a national title. How much does this investigation have to be expedited? Because I would I would assume the last thing you want for the Big Ten conference is for a national title to be vacated if this team goes on to, you know win the rest of their games and find themselves in the CFP and are triumphant there like what what's the timeline looking like in terms of the adjudication of this process right so for people that don't uh, aren't, aren't familiar with NCAA infractions cases they take a really long time and so even if they are you know expedited to a degree uh, and michigan tomorrow receives what's called a notice of allegations from the ncaa michigan like any ncaa member would have the right to take 90 days to respond to that notice of allegations and then you would begin the actual process of enforcing infractions mm. so if it's up to the ncaa and up to michigan 
there's no way that this gets uh, solved in the 2023 season. This is going to go well into 2024. And a lot of these infractions cases take years to, to actually uh, be, be resolved. So the only way that this gets uh, um, ruled upon in the season where it has impacted, which is what makes this case so unique, Jason, is if the Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, and the league decides to intervene. Now, the Big Ten is not really an investigative body. They're an NCAA member, and they follow NCAA investigations. But according to their own sportsmanship policy, the Big Ten has the right to investigate to its uh, abilities, but also to enforce uh, penalties. Now, there's one layer of penalties that caps at a $10,000 fine and a two-game suspension for anybody involved. If it goes above that, then Tony Petiti would have to get approval from a you know small committee uh, of, of folks around the conference to say, okay, you can do this. So, you know, what could that include? I mean, you know, we can, we can go all the way up to not being allowed to play in the, in the league championship game. But if, if they are going to let the NCAA lead this process, there will be nothing done to Michigan in 2023. Now, to your point, could this later be uh, you know, everything vacated in a national, it's, it's, it's certainly possible, but, um, a lot of people, again, it's just so interesting because a lot of people feel that this is a big deal. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who think this isn't a big deal at all compared to some of the other violations. You saw just Kansas and Bill Self yeah. essentially get off scot-free for what most people consider much more serious violations in college basketball. And so, you know, is this the thing that we all need to get all worked up about? And is this the thing where we need to, uh, punish Jim Harbaugh and, 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 and invalidate Michigan's season. I think the opinions are, are a little bit all over the place on that. I think there's some Bears fans who are hoping that this thing is dead red guilty. So Jim Harbaugh has to move forward with his professional coaching aspirations and come back to the NFL and save the team he wants quarterback. It's funny, by the way. Uh, I don't think it's funny. It's, it's actually kind of sad. Uh, I know the Bears are playing the Saints. And uh, the last time the Bears won in New Orleans, uh, Jim Harbaugh was the, was the quarterback. Wow. And he went something uh, – I, I had it right here oh yeah he threw a 12-yard touchdown pass to tom waddle for a 20 to 17 wow. victory by the way harbaugh went five of 22 for 61 yards with one score and one interception in that game so you know bears quarterbacking still holding true three decades later um you mentioned 2024 the usc michigan game you know already in my group chat with a couple of people who went to university of michigan people were like hey this might be a this might be a trip we need to take. First USC Michigan game, first Big Ten interaction with the new Big Ten, 18 teams. Um, the schedule coming out, what's the significance of it? And this thing is happening, man. Like it's, you know, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, here they come. Yeah, it is exciting. And listen, for a league that's had a lot of negativity over the last six months, whether it's the Michigan situation or the Michigan State situation with Mel Tucker, or the Northwestern situation. There's been a lot of that. This they've done a really nice job with how they've crafted crafted the schedule, Jason, because they have uh, created a lot of exciting games for fans and for TV. And I think they they have done the best they can at limiting the damage of taking those long trips. So that you know, if if a, if a, a East Coast school has to go out to the West Coast, they're not making a, another long trip that next week. They're either having a, a, a an open date or a home game. Uh, the, none of the new the four new schools from the West Coast have back-to-back -back road games this first year. Now they have two, they have a double bye season, so they have some open weeks to work with, which they won't have after 2025. But that's really helped them create what I think is a terrific schedule. Um, you know, USC going to Michigan, uh, you know, some some exciting West Coast trips, uh, Oregon, Washington being a rivalry at the end of the season. I know they want to get USC and UCLA also at the end of the season. Um, it, it, it really is a, a compelling schedule because you're just not to pile on Michigan too much, but like Michigan season before the sign stealing, this is like a really good team that you didn't pay any attention to because their schedule is so awful. Like their schedule should never be repeated again. 
in the history of the Big Ten because of who's coming into the league mm-hmm. and the fact you're getting rid of divisions. So now we get our first taste of it with the 2024 slate, and there's a lot to love. Uh, some of those weekends, especially down the stretch, are, are going to be incredible if these teams perform like we think they will. In closing, we appreciate your time as always, brother. Uh, the Northwestern thing you just mentioned, what's the latest? You know, we, we know there's countersuits. We know there's other allegations that have surfaced over the last month and a half or so concerning cheerleaders and such. Like, what's what's the latest that we know uh, concerning the situation in Evanston? Right. So, you know, there's obviously been some discussions between Northwestern and the attorneys that are representing the former players who have made these hazing allegations. You know, Pat Fitzgerald, as you know, has filed a $130 million lawsuit mm-hmm. using a, a very noted attorney for our Chicago listeners here, Dan Webb, uh, former U.S. attorney for this part of uh, Illinois. So it's it's um, it's ugly. I mean, let's, there's no other way to say it. And, and there's going to be a lot of money exchanged hands when all is said and done. There's a new group of players that's going to be speaking out um, uh, on Friday, actually, uh, ahead of the uh, uh, Northwestern Wrigley Field game against Iowa. So it, it just isn't stopping as far as um, the the litigation side of it but Northwestern's looking for a new coach. I expect them to have a new coach by the end of November. And they've actually had a pretty decent season on the field under David Braun. So you know that element has been positive for Northwestern. Everything else has been messy and negative. Adam, as always, man, good to see you. Good to hear from you. Thank you for the information. Uh, you know, sign stealing. You can add that to your resume in terms of things you have covered that maybe you didn't think you would. There's been a lot of those, Jason, this year. A lot of lawyers' office, a lot of sign stealing, but it's great to be with you, man. Love love talking sports with you. Always, brother. Adam Rittenberg right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Go Podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Well, that's all the time we have for episode 309 of the Full Go Podcast. Try to sneak a couple of laughs in there for oh, you. Oh, wait, hold Is on. Dave, you know, I didn't realize... I didn't realize that it's actually 310. It's 310? Like, oh, my was, God. Yeah, we we all said 309 at the beginning. That's fine. We'll take that's that out, not, but, you know, you know, no, no, it's 310. Take, it's no, no, 310. No, no, no. Don't, don't take nothing out. <laughs> we won't take Tony over here. They, we, they get what we give them, okay? In the spirit that right, we right, give it to right. them. You hear me? Got it. We not Got like it. these yep. other podcasts that, you know, leave things on the cutting room floor. Mm-mm. We give it to you raw and uncut, huh? Like 90s hip-hop. Huh? Man, 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 man. I was listening to some 90s hip hop. You know, I'm I'm always listening to some 90s hip hop. I was listening to 90s hip hop today. I was like, ooh, you can't say any of these words anymore, boy. None of these can go. Like, some of it just, uh, you ever go back and watch like Raw or Delirious, Eddie Murphy's classic, timeless? Yeah, you go back and you're like, oh, can't say that. Somebody say that. No, 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 that's not. They will cancel your leather suit wearing ass out here. You better be careful. You better be careful. He can't even wear that suit anymore. No, 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 no. I mean, well, 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 I mean, maybe he can, though. He can. You know, he put it on. He probably had his top selling album in the country if he do, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah. I just love those little last little last gloves he was wearing. Oh, my God. He would yeah. wear the little yeah. tiny little, gloves. Little, tiny I like those. Yeah, I like yeah. those. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, come on, man. We got to, you know, we all have our inner femininity that we need to, you know, respond to and nurture and cultivate. You know, I know it's a lot of big, rough and tough guys out there. Dude, hey, fellas, this weekend, uh, this is a call to action do something uh that is deemed feminine for yourself but is actually just body uh preservation just take care of yourself huh go get yourself a facial uh go get those nails done go get those feet done you out here cutting up the goddamn sheets you know with with them with them talons you call toenails uh go go do go get your skincare regimen you know tightened up go do something for yourself this weekend huh you know the winter is coming it's, it's going to be a nasty one, all right? People are broke out here. It's going to be cold. Like, go do something for yourself, you know? And, and, and tell her, hey, babes, I'm going to the mall. Jason said, I need to exfoliate, you know? Do something for yourself this weekend, fellas. They'll, they'll thank you. They'll thank you. Uh, so, yeah, again, thank you for hanging out with us here on episode 310 of the Full Go Podcast, My Error. I won't put that on my guys. You know, I'll I, I walk in front of that one. Um, episode 310 of the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank our guests, of course, uh, ESPN. We were ESPN'd up today. That boy Kyle Williams out here working at Rolodex. I see you, player. Uh, thank yeah, you to, up. to both job, ESPN's. Kyle. 
Kyle, uh, Kyle. <laughs> see, see, I, I, I done already gave Kyle a new gig. Ain't that a bitch, huh? Thank you to Adam Rittenberg of ESPN and, and Catherine Terrell of ESPN as well, giving us the lowdown on both the Big Ten. I, I got you, Gucci. <laughs> giving us both the, the lowdown on the Big Ten and, of course, um, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, big weekend of college football, you know. We'll see how Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines bounce back from all these salacious allegations of sign steal. Not even allegations anymore. Motherfuckers did it. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> they did it, and they did it a lot, and they did it to an extent that even the cheaters were like, "Hey, you can't do that. <laughs> you, hey, I'm looking at you." They got dudes out there on camera. You know, they, this go this thing gonna make Deflate Gate look like you know <laughs> the, the 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 Watergate. To be honest with you, this gonna be nasty it's gonna be nasty i can't wait for it too because i like some of the mess uh so thanks to adam rittenberg thank you uh to Catherine terrell and thanks to y'all man you know thanks for hanging out with us as always our production staff the shadowy figure that is known as steve ceruti the exceptional one kyle williams and the chief vibes officer chris sutton of course uh he is not with us you know the paternity leave poppy Huh? Tony Gill. Shout out to our main man, Tony Gill. The baby is looking wonderful, you know, all on the socials. It's good to see. Look at the you know, you can you can hear the 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 jaded nature of of Tony slowly but surely slipping away, melting away. Huh? He's got new and newfound and and renewed joy. You know, something so outside of being married and you know, being freshly married, something something has to recharge your batteries. So shout out to Tony and Steph as always, man. It's gonna be Zend out when he gets back. It's I gonna be a different so. Tony. We're I gonna see so. a different Tony when we I see him. So. Again. If not, I'm gonna buy him a pound of weed and see if that worked for him. We need that man to relax a little bit more, especially now because I know he's tired as hell. I know he, he he getting three hours of sleep. You feel me? It is boy. You find out who you with, huh? You find out who you with when that baby drop, when that album drop, all the when everybody go away with all the presents and all the food that they bring over, and you looking at your partner like, all right, so who gonna go clean this motherfucker, huh? <laughs> so you're telling me they can't lay in their own shit until the morning okay all right i go do it i guess i go do it but shout out to tony and steph who have themselves a functional relationship and i'm sure none of those things are happening right uh and again thank y'all for downloading this thing thank you for following us on the socials thank you so much for sharing it with your family and friends uh thanks for rating and reviewing this thing right giving it the five stars you know it needs if not we're gonna see you in the streets uh speaking of you know, might be in the streets this weekend. So holla at me if you see me. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember to stay sucker free. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WIT it in indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in kansas 1-877-770-STOP in louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in maryland visit 100 visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in west virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in wyoming hope is here visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.